Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to MUBI.com slash filmstage. The shark bait has such teeth there, and it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I am your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Bill Graham. You can call me Baby Yoda. No. And fuck <laughs> you. Um, we also have Michael Snydell. I'm putting Baby Yoda in the corner. Whoa. Jesus. Uh, I was not prepared <laughs> for the Baby Yoda stuff we were apparently going to start off today with. Uh, to be my little Baby Yoda? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Just, you know... Just depend on me to bring it back to like 1950s pop music at any given time. (laughs) That's just who I am. Uh, Now I'm going to have the the melody from that song stuck in my head for the rest of the podcast, so that's great news. Baby Yoda, it's cold outside. Yeah, uh, baby. Why, Bill, Bill, please. What the fuck? Why did that happen? <laughs> I don't know, because Baby Yoda's on the mine. <sighs> I haven't watched The Mandalorian yet, and I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure I'm not gonna. gonna. Yeah, same. It's okay. That's okay. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. That's good. So, that's, you yeah. know, that's fine. Um, it's, not, it's like Yoda isn't even the species. Is it really the reincarnation well, we of don't- Yoda? No, uh, we a we don't know if it's the reincarnation or if it's a clone or some just offspring or whatever or just another one of his species. Uh, we also don't know what his species is at all. Like George Lucas uh, has been super like reticent to give any of that information out, and like even in all the vast like uh, you know spinoffs and all this other bullshit. Uh, they really haven't explored his uh, species at all. So we know very little about But there him. is a female. Her name is Yaddle, and she is a nightmare. She's, she is real ugly. She's, oof. Ugh. Wait, what? Even there, there's also three other Yoda-like figures in like the canon that has now become legends, but we don't talk about those three. There's, are there, yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's move Brian, on. Um, Brian, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> I beg of you. <laughs> <laughs> and this, um, now we're going to spend the next 20 minutes talking about last night's episode of Watchmen. Yeah. All right. Freaking great. I'm into it. Awesome. I, I Good think, show. I think you nope, should. No, nope, we're not take- actually doing that. Uh, not take pills don't don't take pills yeah if someone gives you some pills don't just chug the whole bottle i think if you take one thing from watchmen idea (laughs) all right so we're moving on uh find us online at film stage show facebook the film stage show follow us on itunes give us a comment rating and go to patreon.com slash film stage show to give us as little as one dollar an episode which will get you access to our super cool slack channel and of course uh first crack at all of our raffles and email us at podcastfilmstage.com if you have long-form thoughts you want to share with us. Today we're talking about Knives Out, 
the new film from Ryan Johnson, who has previously done Brick, The Brothers Bloom, Looper, and The Last Jedi, aka the best Star Wars movie. <clears throat> so look forward to that. Uh, before we get into that, let us remind the people at home, we are brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema where every day their fabulous curators bring you a brand new movie to watch and enjoy. You have 30 days to check it out, so it's a constantly rotating selection of 30 films for your viewing pleasure. You can download them to watch them on your device on the go, or of course you can use their awesome Roku app and uh, watch it on your smart TV, your PC, blah blah blah. There is a movie that just came to movie today. It's called Have Mercy on Us All. It is a French film, and it actually syncs up well with our uh, current review today because ahem, it's an eminently modern mystery film adapted from a policier by crime fiction novelist Fred Vargas. It's a frightful trip through the nodes and networks of present-day Paris with plenty of biblical subtext to boot. Have mercy on all us all reckons with how an apocalyptic epidemic crisis might begin. It's an interesting sounding movie. In addition to all the other great stuff that is on movie currently, um, like uh, La Femme Nikita. Mm. And of course, uh, what is it? Time of the Wolf, which I haven't been able to shut up about because it's a great movie. And uh, Honey Giver Among the Dogs, uh, amongst many, many, many others. Uh, so if you would like a free 30-day trial of movie, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, it is mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial of movie. All right. Uh, anything else to talk about, gents, before we get to Knives Out? Uh, of course, Michael and I spoke to each other just yesterday during the insane, <laughs> beautiful day in the neighborhood podcast that we recorded, which hopefully everyone has listened to and loved. Here we're up it's for a webby. It's sincerely a really good time, just not quite the review we expected to have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we clearly had a lot of fun with that one. And I believe... We may have a lot of fun with this movie. Knives Out, a comedic caper whodunit film from Ryan Johnson. Uh, another original after his uh, foray into franchise filmmaking, where he apparently will be returning again for a brand new Star Wars trilogy that we still haven't heard shit about. That's probably probably starring Baby Yoda. I fucking swear. <laughs> wait is that real that that's happening no no no, no. it's an it's I mean, an early Johnson. one right like we a, have no idea he's it's supposed to be an original uh idea but the the goal here is to obviously get away from the skywalkers at it's some a, point it's a remake i would agree a soft, get away from the star wars it's a soft remake <laughs> of ratatouille is the funny thing it's gonna be <laughs> Uh, Michael, it, it, you know, millions of dollars speaks pretty loud, so. <laughs> yes, but anyway, uh, I, I have loved all the movies that Ryan Johnson has made. Yes, including Brothers Bloom. And um, I, like yeah, I said, that think, think that he made the best Star Wars. So I was super excited for this movie. And here we are to talk about it. And uh, yeah, I don't even know how to begin to attack the cast list for this movie. Um, yes. The basic plot is as such. Uh, Daniel Craig plays a detective who is investigating the possible murder, though apparent suicide, of the scion of a very rich family who happens to be a crime fiction writer. He is aided by her. His he is aided by the departed's nurse, 
Marta, played by Anna de Armas. Also starring in this movie, we have Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Catherine Langford, and Frank Oz. And I skipped over Chris Question Evans mark? because, you know, I just wanted to leave him for last. Any way here is a, the trailer you didn't say daniel crank <laughs> i said Marlin, i'm gonna pause because i said that the detective is played by daniel craig all right all so right, i right. didn't feel like i needed to include him in the rundown of other such people in the all movie right michael <laughs> Go back to the trailer damn it we are beginning the trailer again and yes all of this will be left in the podcast double it Bill, you have to stop stealing blank <laughs> check bits. Anyway, here is the trailer. Harlan started out with a rusty Smith Corona and built himself into one of the best-selling mystery writers of all time. 30 languages, over 80 million copies sold. You guys fans? I mean, I don't do much fiction reading myself. Big but... fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Who is that guy? Uh, Mr. Blanc is a private investigator of great renown. I read a tweet about a New Yorker article about you. You're famous. The night of his demise, the family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. And your son, Ransom, did he attend as well? Yes. All right. That is the trailer for Knives Out. Um, I It's uh, it's in theaters now, question mark? It depends when this podcast comes out. I guess it will either be in theaters or about to be in theaters. It's out on Wednesday, November 27th. That are, you, is, are you fucking uh, kidding me? It's on Wednesday? What the it's fuck Thanksgiving, are you even Bill? doing? Why are we even doing this shit? Like, what, why isn't it out Monday and Tuesday? This is dumb. This is because it was already out Friday and Saturday for limited engagements. Yeah, they had preview <laughs> so screenings stupid. last weekend to build up the word of mouth. And uh, mm. now it's coming out on Wednesday so that people can watch it when they're gathered with their family, both before, during and after Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's what we're here to do. So let's do it, gentlemen. Knives Out, again, the newest film from writer-director Ryan Johnson. Let's talk about it, starting with Bill Graham. Your nutshell thoughts on Knives Out. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, I could see where a lot of people would try and poke holes at this film. He, it, Ryan Johnson is very good at making these kind of brilliant, gorgeous contraptions of movies, I think, uh, where, you know, like the Brothers Bloom was mentioned earlier, which I think is a really smart and fun uh con film and this one is kind of a whodunit with like obvious callouts where i think at one point someone uh mentions that christopher Plummer's character harlan thromby uh lives in a clue house and <laughs> you're just like yeah okay we, we everybody's on the same page here uh from you know the production design to all the actors to uh the director writing music um, I really don't think there's very m many false notes in this film. Um, and even the central mystery is, is pretty fun. Uh, we get, uh, pretty like surprisingly, uh, a lot of clarity fairly early on in the film. 
And I was surprised by that. And then the film kind of lets the mystery continue to unravel from there. Um, I think the way that Daniel Craig's entrance in this film plays out is one of my favorite gig or gags throughout this entire film. Um, and yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this film. Uh, also, uh, you know, I guess everybody's been sleeping on, on a der armas and that's a shame because I don't know, Bill, uh, Bill, cause like she's in like seven great things that are coming out. Like, I feel like she was in Mm. uh, blade runner and like everyone immediately cast her and she's just going to be in everything. Also Um, in knock, knock. Because she's in what? this, she's in the next oh. Bond film. She mm. is, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I didn't look at her upcoming stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, she is really, really fantastic in this uh, in this role as a, I guess, a, a, a almost a live-in nurse. She's a part-time nurse, but she spends probably more time than, than part-time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she's fantastic uh, all throughout this film. Uh, everybody is, you know, this really is a murderer's row of, of just people and faces that you recognize. Um, and yeah, they, they're really turning in solid, solid work here, I think. So, yep. Oh, yeah. I just realized I forgot to talk about Noah Segan and M. Emmett Walsh, who I was shocked to see is still alive. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so let's move on, Michael Snydell. Yeah, I I was uh, I was very pleasantly surprised with this. Um, I I like Ryan Johnson stuff. Uh, I am not a fan of Brothers Bloom at all. I think it's mm. uh, kind of smug, and um, I I don't think that it works very well. Uh, but this I like Bill said. I I think it's um you know it's labyrinthian, but it is. It, it it also has just a, a lot of constant energy. This thing moves really well, even at two hours. Um, I and you know I was just kind of expecting you know a, a comfort food whodunit you know with uh, a, a really good cast, and I was kind of impressed with um, with the. I'll leave it at the shape. The shape of this is not quite what you expect, mm-hmm. and, and you know these days we don't really get. Whodunits, you know, we got that terrible murder on Orient Express uh, remake, and then you know, like you mean with Hercule Poirot, the greatest detective who's ever lived. (laughs) Oh Jesus! Cue that Imagine Dragons uh, song. And then there's uh, there's an excellent. I I, I just want to give a um, shout out to the excellent PBS show uh, Miss Miss Marple. Is that right? No, shoot, what is it? Miss Marple's Murder Murder Mystery. Is it Marple? Oh shoot! It's Miss M something Murder Mysteries, it's and Agatha, it stars. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's Mrs. Marple's Murder Mysteries. Either way, it's the the lead from the Babadook, and she is. Mm. I, I, that's probably I, that's just a, a wonderful show. But uh, anyways, that reminded me of this. But um, I will speak more about what I mean about how this wants to invert some things that we know about the whodunit. I I think that like Parasite, this might be another one of those clockwork thrillers that might be just a tad bit too clever. Like they're just, what do you want from cinema? (laughs) No, this is true. This is too, this is true. A few too many. 
And um, I think that some of the characters are a little more half baked. I, I, I had heard a number of people talk about political commentary in this and how sharp it is. And I thought it was, I don't know, I, I thought it was kind of half baked, but I think the script as a whole is, uh, is, is very clever and very amusing. Um, and yeah, I think this is a really well-made mystery, uh, the type that we don't generally get, get these days and, uh, surprisingly emotional, uh, in the latter going, which was, uh, which is really nice. And, um, I'll, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say more. <laughs> right. It's going to be a big spoiler section. Uh, yeah, I do want to yeah. say, I looked it up. Essie Davis was in Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. Oh, thank you. Yes. Marple is, is, is an Agatha Christie character. So also mystery focused, but not the, not that one. Miss Fisher is on prime as well. And I highly recommend it. If you like mysteries, whether it's murder, she wrote Columbo, any, any of those, it's like <laughs> a murder episode type thing. I love <laughs> You just recommend like a sixty-year-old woman who's just been masquerading as a twenty-something Chicago hipster. I'm sorry. You're just like if you like murder mysteries, like I don't know, diagnosis murder, (laughs) (laughs) murder. She wrote Columbo. Work classic. All right, Jesus. What's the one with the guy in the white coat, Matlock? (laughs) (laughs) oh man Uh, anyway um knives out this movie fucking rules this is a great movie i love this movie i'm kind of annoyed that i didn't get to see it on its preview weekend because i saw it like two weeks ago at a preview screening um but people were laughing so much that i'm almost certain that i missed like lines and moments that i'm gonna want to go back and see again like my crowd was in the bag for this movie almost immediately. And it was it was legitimately one of the most fun theater experiences I've had, which is crazy because it was a critic screening and those people don't engage at all. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes very depressing <laughs> to go to a critic screening, but this one was actually super fun. People loved it. I loved it. It's funny. It's it's a really nice looking movie. It's sharp. I think that the political satire is pretty broad, but I don't think that it thinks that it's not pretty broad. I think we just have a complex as a society that when we look at anything that has any kind of political subtext to it, we want to shout it out, especially if it aligns with what we already believe. That's not the fault of the movie. That's the fault of critics. That's all I'll say on it. Um... But yeah, I, I loved this movie. This movie ruled. I loved everything that Daniel Craig was doing. I loved uh, hanging out with Anna de Armas in this. She's great. Chris Evans finally gets to have the kind of role that he only would have gotten if he had been born like 30 years earlier. This is the only time I've ever liked Chris Evans in my life. Because <laughs> I think he innately has the the visage of a shitty blonde rich kid from an 80s movie for sure suck in that movie but we've somehow made him into this all-american boy scout which i don't mind i've liked him in many many films but i love that he finally like gets to live up to 
again, what he would have been if he had been born 30 years earlier, where it's just like, sure. all right, you're the ski instructor, you're the lifeguard. At some point, someone's going to pants you and one of the nerds is going to get your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's great. Everyone in this movie is is having a lot of fun. Tony Collette is doing a thing. She's got mm-hmm. that kind of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow goop kind of thing happening. Lakeith oh, Stanfield is a fantastic straight man. Yes. Amongst all of the most crooked, topsy-turvy, twisty characters on Earth, including his own partner, mm-hmm. who is played by Noah Segan and is a great audience surrogate, not for the plot, but just for the reactions to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his his glee and joy in this movie is infectious and perfectly reflects what's going on in the audience when you're watching it and uh i love christopher Plummer too so he's always great to see the movie's great i loved it i forgot to mention Jaden martell is also in this and he does not have a big part but he is absolutely hilarious in it so yeah uh i don't know i don't know this this is great i can't wait to talk about it there's so much stuff happening in this movie and i want to second what uh, yeah. i think both bill and michael have said which is that the movie about like, I don't know, like a quarter of the way in does a thing that I have not seen in a murder mystery before. And I was a little shocked what I was seeing, but I ended sure. up loving the movie all the more for it because it kind of, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a little narrative turn that like lets you follow along better and also like have more fun understanding what the stakes are. While still uh-huh. maintaining the air of mystery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it, it gets a certain, like, reflective quality, too. Like, there's mm-hmm. a certain contemplative, uh, you know, while still balancing the, the, the kookiness and the fun. I, I'm saying too much. I'm saying too much. I, I'm being vague <laughs> about characters, too, because I... Yeah, I like characters, but I want to speak about specific things. So we're like, we're like, uh, anything. we're like USA. You know, characters are welcome here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, how much do we want to talk in the non-spoiler section? Like, I, 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 this movie is great, but I don't want to give anything away. And um, I feel yeah. like I'm sort of stuck saying very vague stuff, like, oh, the plot structure is so good. Ana de Armas is perfectly cast in this this role of of like pretty much the main character like we see everything yes. through her eyes and um i lo- like the score is amazing it has notes of brick in it which is great because brick is a, a the first uh, feature film that ryan johnson made um and it's a, a twisty little noir and i think that as much fun as he was having in that movie he kept it very dire and very dark and then with brothers bloom he kind of went in the opposite direction and made a con movie that was buoyant and jubilant and that I think a lot of people had trouble squaring the, the tone with. Um, or it's just bad, you know. Okay, whatever, Michael. Uh, but this movie, <laughs> this movie, I think he hits like the perfect fulcrum of like, you know, to balance his yeah. very real, like this very real death that happened and the very real stakes, but with this kind of madcap energy that never feels over the top. By the way, I was very worried about this uh, this trailer. This trailer actually doesn't tell you what you think 
anything you think you know from the trailer is actually wrong. Yes. So, yeah, we're obviously being very vague, but oddly, the marketing that's out there doesn't tell you most of the story, which is uh, which is. I, I have a lot of affection for that trailer now, knowing how little it spoils. Yeah, because you were kind it, of just a, pissed at the trailer. The first trailer, I think, is genuinely a bad trailer. In, yeah. In, in its, like, actual rhythm. And the second trailer I liked, and then I was like, shit, I probably shouldn't have watched this. <laughs> but it's, yeah, no, I was, I, yeah. I think that um, the trailers to this movie had an uphill battle to do because so many of the scenes mount and build tension. Sure. And, and energy that it's like difficult to pluck moments out of them and just you know roll with it yeah 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 huh. i i'm not being evasive i'm just like i don't i don't really want to say much more i don't know if i would have even let's, said let's that anna de Armas fucking... has yeah i don't know let's, if i'd even say that she has that big of a role <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, sure. I do. I do want to. I want to call out. Michael Shannon is doing some Michael Shannon stuff in this. He gets a cane. You know, he gets to yeah. use a cane, which I feel like now he the has sound to design, use in everything. The sound design with that cane too is uh, it's great in that one hallway scene. Ryan Johnson is all about sound design. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's an underappreciated part of his his attention to detail in his films. Okay, yeah. no one is going to fight me on that, so that's great. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's a good movie. Indeed. All right, so yeah, we're going to spoil this. We're going to get into spoilers because uh, there's just uh, there's not a lot more that we can say. I think we all agree that everyone should go out and see this movie. I am curious how this movie does because it is a a star-studded, jam-packed, good time at the goddamn movies i think that people who go see it are gonna love it but i'm wondering if like the whole last jedi thing is gonna be an impact Mm. or if this is the type of movie that like no one's gonna give a shit about that you know yeah this is not a movie that people are gonna give a shit about because most people probably can't name ryan johnson period so right they're the, like the people who the people who hate him will name him and be like oh knives yeah. out no way i'm seeing that after last jedi but yeah then, all 20 of them but then i think the studio's kind of hoping that like you know director of last jedi will give them some cachet with this massive cast so i don't know i hope it does well because i want i want johnson to be able to i was on a uh, a podcast that one of our fans does um and uh, I should name the podcast <laughs> Exit Through the 2010s. And um, I uh, I was talking about the fact that like I could see uh, Ryan Johnson being able to pull the Christopher Nolan thing of the one for you, one for me. Yeah. Um, and I hope that that happens, you know, because like it this is like a real feel of like, you know, he did his Batman Begins and now he's doing his prestige. Uh-huh. And, um, this is is it probably fair to say that this is probably low stakes for Ryan? Like he's not uh, for Johnson. Like he's not really in a bad place. He's if not this... in a bad place, but I like, I, I this is, uh, it's, it's my affection for him as a director and a creative. Sure. And also my deep concern about the, the state of uh, modern filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, where it's like, okay, who can get a new, unattached, like, original screenplay produced? You got Christopher Nolan. Yep. That's it. (laughs) And maybe James Cameron. But now all he wants to do is make avatars. Ten of them. All in a row. You weirdly aged like 40 years when you said avatars for some reason. Yeah, the avatars. Every time someone says avatar, they age 40 years. What are you talking about, Michael? We will all have aged 40 years by the time the next avatar is actually released. It's true. Yeah. But um, so like, yeah, I like I'm not concerned about Ryan Johnson. Clearly, he worked well enough within the machinery of the Disney apparatus that like he will have franchise directing jobs and possibly writing jobs for as long as he wants them. Um, I'm just concerned that like, he's not going to be able to unstick himself from that. You know, Hmm. like Nolan could have easily gotten trapped in, in that if like his other movies hadn't been good. Okay. So like, that's, that's my concern. Like, I, I don't know. Have we lost any, directors to the franchise machine like i marvel for a little while seemed, was, he a, <laughs> was he ever a guy that we were like oh we need this from him i mean i i really enjoyed <clears throat> elf i enjoyed zathura a little bit um, oh that's true yeah. I don't know, like like he was a and look say Chef. what you will about the mcu that he you know kickstarted but Iron Man's like really fucking fun and it was delightful. And then he made another one and that was not delightful. And then he went off and made Cowboys and Aliens, which also <laughs> was not delightful. The um, less said and, about then that, he, the better. and then he made Chef and then he made a couple of other smaller things. And then he fucking made Jungle Book and quickly followed that up with Lion King. And now he has a Star Wars live action television show. So yeah, but he's only like the executive producer of that. But, you know, well, so. I mean, he's he's the most showrunner that you could be. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, alongside Dave Filoni. But, you know, it, it is what it is. They're they're basically running the show together. So, um yeah but anyway so that's where my concern is and that's that's you know i want i want it's like when sicario came out and i was like i kind of hope this does well because like i'm down to get like a high-end actioner like this you know and then instead triple frontier goes straight to netflix you know so we're we're i don't want to be overly dramatic about but we're fighting for the soul of cinema right now (laughs) no i don't want to get over dramatic at all I got to. Uh, uh, so that's anyway, that's my that's my reason sure. for being like knives out. Great movie. Please, for the love of fuck, go see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now also, let's, uh, fuck Lion King. Holy shit. I forgot about that movie until Bill mentioned it. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's that's a that's a real bad, 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 bad. I will still <sighs> never forgive them for making Scar just kind of lightly speak the words to be prepared. Yeah. What? Especially because again, just like again, you know, Chiwetelu Ejiofor, he is the man that I keep saying should be the next James Bond. He is a charismatic, awesome stage presence, even outside of just being like also a very great movie actor. Why would you hamstring him like that? God damn it! Anyway, uh, knives out. Let's uh, get into spoilers and talk about this movie for realsies. Uh, 
this movie, uh, how do we even want to do this? So, like, the movie opens and uh, Harlan Thromby is dead. He appears to have cut his own throat. Someone has given um, this great detective, Benoit Blanc. And I love how they they sort of uh, characterize each member of the family by how much and what they know about him and how they got it. Because one person's like, oh, you were in that New Yorker article. And another person's like, oh, I saw a tweet about that New Yorker article. Yes, that's uh, that's classic shit right there. And he this movie, I like it's great because like the movie is pretty much almost over at some point And he is sitting in front of a fire and he just says, I suspect foul play and I have eliminated no suspects. But that scene is so fascinating. By that point, the stakes and urgency of what those characters want has changed so dramatically. Yeah. And so I love his his just casual, you know, just again, like this weird southern bon vivant attitude that he's got going on. But so he's yeah. there. The police are questioning everyone. We get this great, intricate scene of everyone telling their truth about like the family and everything that's going on. We meet Marta who could be from Uruguay, Paraguay, Brazil, Mexico, Colombia. <laughs> that's, that's easily one of my favorite like running gags throughout this film. This is movie like, has... and, and a couple of characters call like name. It's specifically Don Johnson who like says that she's from three different countries at, three different points in the film yeah like <laughs> this movie can't has get it right. so many great running jokes and also just the way that like dialogue and random shit will loop back around is and you know michael might get hung up on this because it's too neat or whatever but i love when like little things just keep mounting and coming back i don't find it to be too neat or tidy i just find it to be like clever and funny like the fact that Every single person keeps coming up to her and saying, I thought you should be at the funeral, but I was outvoted. Sure. <laughs> to the point where it's just like everyone said it. There clearly was no vote. You all are lying. And you didn't even like try to come up with a way to cover yourselves because that's what a bunch of backstabbing jackals you are. It's it's not the, the callbacks that I think are too neat. I think that the archetypes of some of those characters are too neat. I mean, we already spoke about like like uh, Tony Collette's like goop thing. And, mm-hmm. and I felt like that was was very half baked. I felt like um, even as like she's still Tony Collette. So she's still going to, uh, you know, nail every line. But like it's still the some of the tropes that they fall back on are way less interesting to me than those callbacks that you're talking about, for instance, and the way that their dynamics interlock. Like that's that's stuff that I don't think is too neat, but I think that some of the uh, some of the backstories of the characters and the ways they want those dynamics to work is is a little more flat mm-hmm. than the rest of the movie. And th- that'll be that'll be the end of what I'll say about the <laughs> The dialogue there. <laughs> yeah, because there, there are a few characters who kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, for instance, uh, Jacob, who is played by Jaden Martell. Um, he comes in with a few key pieces of information, but generally is off to the sidelines. But everyone in the family is pretty sure he's a Nazi. 
I, I did like the line that he's masturbating to dead deer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so again. apparently that character was loosely inspired by like uh, all the hate tweets from the Last Jedi that That's he perfect. got. <laughs> but I love that, and even and even Benoit Blanc at some point is like, you know, the the little Nazi masturbating in the bathroom. <laughs> he just is like, yeah, that kid probably was jerking off in the bathroom. Um, Ricky Lindholm doesn't get a lot to do in this, which is a little I, I sad. Would, I would say Mag Catherine Langford is uh, like I, I think they over rely on the thing with Marta. I, I I think they tried to give her kind of an interesting arc in the sense of her, um, you know, kind of being good, for, being like real friends with Marta and then kind of betraying her, but also having a little bit of like this white liberal cluelessness <laughs> throughout yeah. this whole thing. She's going to spit um, college. Yes. Yeah. And studying, uh, oh geez, what is, uh, what is Jamie Lee Curtis, like crypto or maybe that's Don Johnson actually, as I think about what character it is, but when they're saying what major she's studying, they're yeah. like, crypto sjw you know it's some type of uh it's one of those short majors that you can only really get away with if you're rich (laughs) yes exactly yeah um Um, but yeah i'd also love you know jamie lee curtis is like i uh, unlike the rest of the family i'm self-made and it's like all i had was the million dollars that my father gave me (laughs) which is a very Mm -hmm. uh you know that's a that's a thing that you know uh, perhaps the president of our country has done (laughs) Sure. said that he's self-made but maybe he was actually you know given a lot of money from people but anyway um there's a lot there's just a lot of fun stuff like that in this movie that again i don't know people when they saw this movie were like oh sharp political satire i think that just having political satire doesn't make it sharp but i, I do think <laughs> it's very funny i love that don johnson quotes hamilton yeah just mm-hmm. oh, jesus dude because <laughs> he's like no, there's a lot it. of and he he does the whole like you know oh the border the southern border like uh the legals coming in oh marta marta yeah. understands because marta's here legally marta you get it you hate them too right but that that is kind of sharp it's it's that blunt stuff that is more the the backstory stuff like it, it is weird because i think this does flirt with some like pretty interesting ideas you already mentioned the self-made part like the different configurations of what self-made means Mm -hmm. um in terms of each of the characters i think is particularly interesting like yeah because michael shannon's uh, like i run a very like you know powerful publishing house and it's they it only fucking publishes his father's books Mm -hmm. and i love that the kind of turn in this movie is that harlan thinks he's like doing his family a favor by like yes like i've 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 destroyed these people i've made their lives terrible with this wealth that I gave them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically then, Ransom as well. Yeah. Yeah. Ransom, who's a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I love. Okay. So <laughs> I liked. Um, so. So here's here's some stuff that happens in the movie. Uh, yeah. Marta is incapable of lying. Um, she says. Which we've. We've. Not this specific gag, but in Hustlers, there is a character that throws up yeah. constantly, yeah. which which I was very like, it's just unfortunate timing that we just had that in a, in another major film. Um, but I, th- I thought it, it is pulled off well. 
especially with that finale kind of reveal. Well, especially they they treat it like she's a superhero and her power is that she throws up when she lies. And I love that he asks her a question and she tries to lie and she throws up and Daniel Craig's response is, Oh my God, I didn't mean they, I didn't know they were talking literally. (laughs) Like that's a lot. Like there's just, and then, you know, Ransom is is like, oh, you know, I know you haven't eaten in a while. Like, here, like, have some food, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Now I'm going to ask you some questions because uh, I know you can't lie. And I also know that you just ate a giant pile of beans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they really smartly intersperse it, too, that the, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Right. Like, I, I'm, I'm thinking, mm. like, into the third act, I guess there's, like, you know, obviously, besides for the climax, there's, you know, one scene in the car chase, for instance. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, like they let it recede into the background, like so it doesn't become a defining characteristic. Well, what's, what's, what's super interesting <clears throat> and the, here we can talk about that plot mechanic that we were sure. all so high on is that they set up that she can't lie or she throws up. So you're like, yeah. oh, boy, this is going to be hell if like this entire movie, every time she lies, she throws up. And then you see what actually happened that night. And it is that she was playing go with Harlan and accidentally mixed up the two bottles of, of medicine that she was giving him intravenously. Yeah. And they, they like also her, her, um her like panic kit that would have been able to counteract the effects of the drugs she gave him accidentally is gone. So she's screwed She's worried that she's going to go to jail slash get deported because she's illegal. And her Harlan's, mom is illegal. Oh, yes. I don't know if she's illegal. Yeah, I she's I think she's fine. Her I can't mom remember. Definitely illegal. Her way. mom is her okay. mom is definitely illegal. Yes. Um. So so she's like, oh, my God, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and Harlan's like, look, you know, you just told me we've got like 10 minutes. There's no way that a, an ambulance is going to be able to get here. So this is what yeah. we got to do. You got to pack up your shit and get out. I'm going to I'm going to kill myself. And that way, like, it'll it, you'll be safe and you'll be fine. And she's like, no, like the police are going to come and I can't lie. And he's like, you're not going to lie. You're just going to tell them the truth extremely selectively as I tell it to you. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's this again happens like, I don't know, a quarter to a third of the way into the movie. And you're yep. just like, oh, so now I understand everything, especially because he literally cuts his throat in front of her. So we know that that is what has happened. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so from then on, it's you're in this weird place because you're wondering, like, OK, so what is the who done it if I know who done it? But also you went from wanting <laughs> to figure out what like what happened to and, and that person getting caught to suddenly you're like oh but it was like martin it was this horrible accident now i want her to succeed uh-huh. in getting away and so like you begin in whodunit mode then you turn into kind of fugitive mode where you're like i hope this person gets away with it and then sure. you start to realize all the other little mysteries that are still out there. Like, you know, I kept having to remind myself, like, we still don't know who hired Benoit Blanc. Like Mm -hmm. he's here Uh and he doesn't even know why. And, and like the dogs barking at a certain point and all this other stuff. And I was like, Oh shit. Like there's so much that we don't know. And I cannot wait to figure it out. And the, the, it's the, the way the places that it ends up are great. It's, um, it's truly great. The, the final parlor scene in this movie is just, chef's kiss 
Well, the other interesting aspect is when Ransom really kind of shows up onto the scene, he throws a wrench into all of this film because everything's kind of going fairly smooth at mm. that point. And all hell breaks loose when the will is read, which is a fucking great sequence because <laughs> like there's stunned silence at hearing her name being repeated every single time for each of these items. Um, and at some point, I think Tony Collette is like, we will throw you out of our house. Yeah. And uh, like, I think on it, uh, Anna's character kind of looks and then looks at Frank Oz's character, who, who's the lawyer who's reading the will. <laughs> and he pauses and, and I think his assistant is continuously helping him. And he, her assist or his assistant like points at the paper and yeah. he goes, Oh, yeah, uh, the house is owned by her too. <laughs> You're just like, Well, fuck, <laughs> like everything. Another so, great, yeah. another great moment in the film that is not concurrent with that, but is tied to it is when Chris Evans's ransom says, our ancestral home and Benoit Blanc just bursts into laughter. He's like, your father brought this from a Pakistani oil magnate in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. But that whole will reading scene is amazing. The way that it, 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 again, it adds to the stakes because at first you're like, this poor girl's got to literally yeah. get away with murder and she can do it because no one's looking at her. Mm-hmm. But now she is the sole inheritance of every single thing that this man owned. And so now everyone is looking at her. And I loved Michael Shannon coming to threaten her, like Michael said, in that hallway scene with the cane. Yes. And saying, like, you know, I think I think you're right. I think it was her mom is is illegal because he says something like, you know, and your mother, Warrior. like, when, you know, if, if like, uh, you know, we can help you with our money, like, you know, to get a really good lawyer, she might be able to stay and I love the moment where Anna de Armas says, like, you're right, like money would help get a really good lawyer. I guess it's a good thing that I have so much now. <laughs> yeah, I have all your money. And he's and just so like, now I have all your power. Right. And it's it's amazing those moments when pe- these people realize, like, they're still trying to wield their money as a form of power. Sure. And yet they cannot. And every time they try to do that, they just kind of tell her the ways in which she can defeat them. I think it's I think it's really smart too. I mean, we've already alluded to. Uh, I, I mean, it's not only the Anna de Armas scene. Uh, you know how early we find out what happened with Plummer, but even how how much we find out about the rest of the characters mm-hmm. to the point where we understand a lot of their backstory. We understand, for instance, Don Johnson is having an affair. We understand uh, that. Walt was cut off on the, on the night of, I I guess yeah, yeah, four people were cut off on the same night, obviously. Um, Like we understand all of those things and that puts it in entirely different mode to like most mysteries we see. Like when you think of a more like classical mystery, it's, it's a lot of your, you're getting um, not not drip dry, excuse me, like a, a a slow drip of information Mm -hmm, just of you know the possible people with motives and things like this and very early on like it's kind of funny that they almost front load this with everyone has a motive but actually wait it's just her (laughs) don't worry about it (laughs) but but then by giving us all of those things that we we know but are still unresolved i think this just puts it in a very 
it's a very it, it's such a clever script in the way that it is able to um, essentially move these pieces all to the side, but still continually find ways to ramp up the urgency and oh, yeah, the stakes. And, it's like and I was that's saying, the, the twist that you said, like, you know, where it's like everyone sure. has a motive. Actually, don't worry about it. She did it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's great because then at that point, you're not hung up on the usual trying no. to get ahead of the movie because you believe that you are now on par with the movie. And yeah. so you can it's, it's laid all its cards on the table and you're like, wow, I didn't realize this. You know, it is shocking. It's genuinely shocking because so many of these films play, you know, just keep holding information back, keep holding sure. information back. And really, except for one character, which is Ransom, we get everybody's motivations and everybody's sure. inner kind of feelings and, you know, uh, all their motives and everything pretty much. Yeah. Within, you know, the hour mark, if not sooner than that. And sure. so, you know, you, you're sitting back as an audience member and you're like, okay, wrapped up. All right. This <laughs> seems pretty good. Okay. The housekeeper get, or not the housekeeper. Ah, uh, I feel shitty nurse. for saying that. Yeah. It's yeah. The nurse, uh, you know, she gets all the fortune and just like, Jesus Christ. Okay. He really did not like his family. <laughs> yeah. And I like, and, and, uh, there's, oh, that's, I just want to watch this movie again. The more we talk about it. Um, it's, it's interesting. The, the fact that that is happening, that you miss so much other stuff that you don't even realize. Like they show at some point the drop of blood on her shoe. Yes. And mm-hmm. very my, early on. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite touches is I'm like, oh, that's the Chekhov's gun. Like that's what we're waiting for. And sure. then you find out at the end, you know, Benoit Blanc is like, you know, I knew you were involved, <laughs> but I didn't think you did it. And she's like, how'd you know yeah. I was involved? And he points at the shoe which is great because like the entire movie, I'm like, someone's going to notice this blood on the shoe. Someone, And then I'm like, really, it's not even going to come into it. Like no one ever noticed it. And then it it kind of like reaffirms what a great detective he is, that he mm-hmm. saw that, filed it away, didn't find it to be that necessary for everything else that was going on. And like this whole time, like I've been waiting for this Chekhov's gun to go off. And it turns out that he already like grabbed it, dismantled it and put it away. sure i I I think you no bill go ahead i i wanted to mention you know speaking of daniel craig's character i just i really really love his introduction i love that he's sitting back in in like the shadows and he does this a couple of times in the film uh he does it later on when he uh talks to anna and uh, mentions that he wants to, or I guess I could ca- should call her Marta. Uh, when he talks to Marta and mentions that he wants her to basically be his Watson and yeah. like like go around this this house because she is a a unfiltered like observer of everything that is happening, right? And so he kind of sees her as his confidant a bit and. In addition to the fact that he knows this kind of magic trick of the fact that she cannot lie, otherwise she's going to throw up. So, you know, it puts her in a tough position where even if she wanted to tell a white lie, more than likely she wouldn't be able to get away with it. Right. Yeah. Um, But his introduction is they're interviewing all the different family members, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character and then – 
Noah Segan. Uh, what, what's Noah, yeah, Segan. Noah Segan's character are all interviewing all these people and he's sitting in the background and I'm trying to remember if it's like he wants them to stay on target every time he hits the key, but he basically has access to a piano where he keeps hitting an off note uh, every time he wants them to kind of move along. Move yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to a different subject. Like, you know, sometimes they're kind of getting off sidetracked a little bit and he'll just hit a key and like Keith Stanfield's character is like, oh, okay. Um, and then right back to business. It's I would... Speaking of him calling Marta his Watson, I I would legitimately watch, I don't know, just like an an incredible amount of these films of just the two of them working together. <laughs> I I think the the thing that really kind of elevated Benoit for me because I was like I was cackling the first time I heard his voice. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> and and like it, you know, there's just a, a, a devilish glee that he takes in every syllable. I, I love, for instance, like just one of the early on one is when he says adaptations. <laughs> like that was one of the first times where I was like, Oh, just, just talk more Daniel Craig. But, but I think the, the okay, what, wait, again, the whole scene of him talking about the donut. Yes. Oh my <laughs> the God. Donut the, donut. the donut is a legend legend. I need oh, this movie to hit Blu-ray like tomorrow so I can uh, scrub through that scene and try to like memorize that whole that whole fucking the speech monologue. Yeah, no, but I but what I actually want to say, though, is I think what makes him really interesting is kind of how soulful and melancholy his kind of final uh, final moments before you know before the, the case really explodes open at the last moment. Yeah. Um. You know when the, before the toxicology report, like there's just a wonderful, you know, like it, it's clear. It, it should be said too that like Marta gets one over on him as as much as he sees her as a Watson. Like she's ahead of him as well. Yeah. She destroys um, the tape. Yeah. She <clears throat> destroys the tape uh, and um. You know, There's like it's ultimately, as he says, her kindness that like, uh, you know, it saves her. But like either way, it's it's her ultimate good nature that like, you know, it, it is what somewhat gives her away. And and I think that the fact that Benoit isn't just that, um, you know, I love Perot, but but Perot doesn't have that same sense of humility and the same like searing empathy at the end that I really felt Daniel Craig like brought to that final thing, you know, before he does get to go off on, you know, his wild, uh, here's how everything, <laughs> everything worked out. Um, I, I think that scene is just, it's just wonderful. The, the way that he's frustrated with the realization that uh, this person was only trying to do something good and is going to be punished for it like I, I that really felt unique to me uh yeah. without feeling cloying which I, I think again is like maybe that's the key that it's that these as you're saying brian like ryan or i don't know why i'm on first name basis with ryan johnson <laughs> johnson um he really knows how to to nail this tone here and, mm -hmm. and when to pull back and when to, you know, 
uh, push on the gas to to take the most trite metaphor here. I love um I love yeah I love that moment where he was like you know I'm I'm really sorry like I thought this was gonna work out like sure you, know, you you've got to confess and and then when he realizes what's up he like screams and he's like uh and then he has that whole thing where he just basically <laughs> rails into the family yes and pulls her out <laughs> and um yeah it's because because where this movie ends up like what the actual solution is is like so topsy-turvy twisty crazy it's like michael you you were slacking me earlier and you're like i look forward to you in the spoiler (laughs) section having to explain this because that it like in a in a in a movie that does have like a twist or like a final resolution usually the way we rock it is we talk about as much as we can and then we get to the spoiler section i'm just like so this is what happens now let's talk about it and it's yeah, like I had to literally start with like the opening of the movie in the spoiler section <laughs> because there's so many little steps and things that keep happening that build and build and build. Like she gets a blackmail note, goes to where the blackmailer is supposed to be and she- finds the um Fran. Fran, who is what was her the house again? She was the actual housekeeper. Yes. Yeah. So she she's like almost dead. Um, from good, over- a good gag in that scene, by the way, <laughs> is the with, with, what? with their dying words. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I fucking yes, loved that. Absolutely. Because, OK, so this is great. <laughs> Ransom is his middle name. His full name is yes. Hugh Ransom Drysdale. And when he first arrives and the police are like, uh, you know, Mr. Drysdale, he's like, please, Ransom, only the help calls me Hugh. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we didn't. <laughs> say okay and then she says you did this in her dying words and it's like oh no like what is she talking about like why does she think Ana de Armas did this and then you realize it's not you it's Hugh yeah which is because she is the housekeeper and so he forces her to call them or he forces her and all the other help to call him Hugh. Hugh so Hugh did this you did this so like that's some that's some shit that I love in a movie. Like uh, I won't say exactly what it is, but Shutter Island has a moment like that as well. Mm-hmm. And um, just any time where it's like, oh, this like homonym or this like change of grammar that like sure. makes everything different. I think it's because I'm a language nut. I literally am an editor, and I've like <laughs> shouted at people that like you know the difference between an Oxford comma and not is the difference yeah. between life and death. So love that. Um, yeah, and it, he he is the the murderer, um, but not in the way you expect. He swapped sure. the medicine in the two vials because he wanted her to administer an accidental overdose because then she would be guilty of their his her his grandfather's murder, which would through the Slayer rule. Yes, through the Slayer <laughs> rule, mean that she does not get anything from the will. Yes. and it would go back to the family. If she's convicted. Yes, if she's convicted though so he needs benoit yes so that's why he hires benoit but what's crazy and i legitimately like on the ride home like was (laughs) was thinking to myself like okay so i really need to understand what happened with the bottles so he switches benign bottle and poison bottle morphine and the uh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm just gonna say benign and poison. So sure. he swaps poison into the benign, swaps the benign into the poison, and he's like, "So she's gonna give the wrong dose of the poison one 
and that's going to kill the it. antidote as well. Yes. Um, and so the, the, the issue is that she is such a good nurse that when she dropped the bottles and picked them up, she didn't even look at the labels because she could tell the very slight difference in viscosity. That's right. Okay. So she actually gave the right medicine and the right dose. However, because the labels were swapped, she believed that she gave the wrong medicine in the wrong dose. And well, so it wasn't, that's it why... Wasn't that- it wasn't that the labels were swapped. The labels were on the right bottles. The medicine had right. Been the swapped. medicine had been swapped. But she yes. looks at the she looks at the poison bottle and yeah. sees normal medicine, non poisonous medicine's name, and says, "Oh God, I can't believe like I did this." And so, so he would have survived Lived. because yeah. he actually. And so he died trying to save her honor, um, because his uh, his grandson's a piece of shit. Um, yeah, the that scene is lovely, by the way, just the way Daniel Craig uh, delivers that that little tidbit. The fa- like, yeah, well, and, I, I, like, I, I really enjoyed like seeing that entire sequence play out and yeah. also noticing like the go table when it got knocked over that it didn't make much noise at all. And right. you're like, and I'm thinking oh, like, oh, shit. why hasn't anyone come up yet? Like, how long does it take exactly. to go up a thing of stairs? Sure. And then you realize that it's him like knocking her down so she can't try to like turn herself in. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's really beautiful. Christopher Plummer doing the Lord's work with a very small amount of screen time, but really selling this guy as a genuinely decent person who is very upset about the way his family has turned out. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. so the so like we said, um the the housekeeper is dead. Um, or no, the housekeeper was, was also given like a fatal dose of morphine. She is yes. to the, she is whisked off to the hospital. And that's the whole reason that Anadarmus like ends up spilling the beans to Daniel Craig, um, is because that yes. whole situation happens. And then he realizes what's going on. They go into the parlor. He talks about the viscosity of the bottles. She gets a phone call from the hospital, answers it and says like, you know, they, they just called Fran is going to make it. And Ransom's like, you know, whatever. Of course, I yeah, sure. I did switch the bottles. I did try to kill Fran, but you know what? I apparently didn't succeed. So that just means that I'm gonna get off with a slap on the wrist and like blah blah blah, and I'm gonna get out. And <laughs> she straight up vomits on him. Yep. And I loved Noah Segan in the background screaming. Oh, that means she lied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that Fran actually did pass away and uh, Ransom just convicted himself of a little old murder. Yes. But then... (laughs) (laughs) Then something else that was so fucking clever is that Christopher Plummer in this sequence where they're playing Go with uh, Marta and he mentions just offhandedly and is looking at this knife that he ends up using to commit suicide with. Uh, he's looking at this knife and he mentions something about some people just don't understand the difference between a a fake – what does he say? A, a stage prop and the real thing. Yes. yes. And all of a sudden when he grabs that knife, I was like, oh, stage prop. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately my head was just like – I know exactly, and it doesn't help that um, 
they have so Alamo Draft House does a lot of these kind of PSAs, no talking PSAs before the film. And usually they try and get the filmmaker uh, right before the film has been released. And so uh, mm-hmm. this one had Ryan Johnson and Noah Segan and Noah Segan takes a phone call. And so Ryan Johnson brings out this very obviously fake looking knife and starts stabbing him with it. And then like tries to wipe off the blood, the fake blood and like the whole knife just kind of breaks apart. And then he just kind of looks at it and he's just like, eh. And, you know, so again, reinforcing the stage prop thing. And so when he grabbed that knife, immediately my brain was just like, like lightning. It was just like stage prop, stage prop, stage prop. <laughs> and I think I unfortunately probably said it out loud. <laughs> but I was just like, I was, I, I was like, it's fake. And, and it was just like, damn it. Why, why do I do this to myself? But well, I, yeah, I, I was excited. I was excited that I figured it out that like of all those things. I mean, look, he's got like a thousand knives on that thing, which is in all the promotional posters, which is <laughs> sure. shown in the trailers. And you're just like, Okay, so were there like a hundred knives that killed this dude? Like, I don't understand why this thing is is so prominently featured. And of course, all of those fucking knives are stage props. Like, why? Like, you know. And so, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, potentially, maybe he just gra- grabbed right, the wrong one. Maybe there's only one that's a stage prop, and Ransom is just such a loser <laughs> that he yeah. that he grabbed it. Yeah. I um. What was I gonna say? I loved the fact that Marta kept wanting to like help the members of the family and they kept giving her very good reasons not to help. Sure. Well, it, She's like, like oh, like I, Meg, of course I'll pay for your education. Like, cause Mike's mom was apparently like double dipping. Yeah. And um, so that's why she was getting cut off. And I was like, you know, you, you kind of do feel bad for Meg. And then Meg totally gives up uh, Marta's whole like, you know, documentation situation. And so sure. you're like, God damn it, Meg, like Ted, you you were the, the best of them. And now you've been sullied. <laughs> and I remember when I was reading the reviews of this movie, because I've been looking forward to this for a while. And a lot of people who were writing reviews were like, you know, very careful not to give away too much. But they all kept fucking talking about the last shot of this movie. And like, really? Yeah, legitimately. They were like one of the best last shots of like the year, like a, a, an all timer of a last shot. And luckily by the end of the movie, I had like kind of let all those comments from reviews and stuff slip out of my head. Cause I was just having such a good time. And she had asked Benoit Blanc, like, so like I should help them, right? Like these people have nothing now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, that's, that's really up to you. And she's standing at the top looking down on all of them. And she's got this coffee mug that we saw at the beginning of the the movie uh, that Fran was prepping, and I think it says like, "My house, my coffee, my rules." Yep. Yeah, that's exactly and she what it says. Takes a big old sip of coffee, and her hand is covering up every single part of it except for my house. <laughs> <laughs> and she's looking down at them. Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, I was like, okay, fucking yes, that is a great final shot for this movie. Like that is so again that's the kind of cleverness that's the kind of full circle coming back to the beginning shit that i love like you see that coffee mug and you're like oh that's just a funny coffee mug this guy probably has from like before he was a millionaire Uh uh and then you see her taking a sip and it says my house because she is Uh keeping that fucking house 
I, I love the way that Jamie Lee Curtis smokes that cigarette too in that last scene. Yeah. Like just the, the the complete hatred that's just that's just emanating from her <laughs> as she does that. It's well, just there's just great. There's just so many little things in this film that are so just like great. Um I'm going to point out two of them real quick. Uh, One of them is I knew Ransom was a real shitbag when he convinces uh, Marta to tell him the entire story. And he's like, cool, cool. So I'm going to help you and I'm going to do this and this and this and probably fall on the sword for this. And then you're going to give me my half of my (laughs) will. And I was like, what? No, you're. No, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, you should you should take the lesson and move on with your life. Like, go sell your fucking five hundred thousand dollar BMW and you will be just fine. You know, and I was just like, oh, so he's definitely a shitbag and he probably has some reasoning like, <laughs> you know, so- something though, nefarious. Like, I was convinced by him for a little while. Like, I, I, as I soon as he too- said that. I was like, nope, you're a shitbag. No, because I think that he that's exactly the kind of shitbag that would still be helpful as long as he thought he was dicking over the rest of his family, you know? Yeah. Sure, but I I am not going to give you your cut of the will. That's crazy. Like, maybe I will help you out because you helped me out, but let's not, like, start talking terms now. <laughs> you know, I, know. I, have, I still have all the power. I still have all the money. But she had just confessed to him. Like and and sure. and she didn't know that what she had actually confessed to was that she didn't kill uh her, her, her sure. grandfather, you know? And I think honestly, if he had like done a full a full tilt heel turn, you know, and said like I don't want anything, I just want to help you, that would have been more suspicious to her. It you know? might have been I, yeah. more suspicious, but I think I think all he had to do is say, I will take care of you if you take care of me. Right? He but didn't. That's pretty he much didn't the same to, thing as saying, give me my part it, of the inheritance. It is, but it's not as explicitly like just on the nose, right? I guess, but at the same time, like like I said, like I think that that is almost like a calculated play to be like, I can't come off as too, too nice. Sure. I think I need to be upfront about my own self-interest, and that's the only way that she'll believe in all the help that I'm giving her. Because think, he knew that that I, I toxicology report was going to come back negative, you know? I think it speaks to the care taken in the script as well. Um, yeah. Like, like Bill, we're saying it's better than you think, <laughs> better than, than you are. I don't think we're necessarily disagreeing. I think we're yeah. just r- rather saying, well, we thought it was more convincing <laughs> than you, I guess. Yeah, but I and, think, and I get that. Bill, like if I were a guy who just, you know, tried to murder someone and I was trying to like just, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah, I would just say, oh, I don't need anything. But like, I'm also not a shitbag, like a total shit heel, like ransom. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. I think the other thing that's really clever that I enjoyed seeing as it plays out is that Jamie Lee Curtis's character uh, is a very light sleeper, which means that when she's yeah. sleeping underneath the room, underneath the stairwell that is crickety <laughs> oh, as yeah. fuck, she is constantly woken up. And so as as the sequence plays out, you see her just like waking up and she's like, huh. 
And then next time she's like, what the fuck? And then next time her head is fully buried in the pillow, <laughs> like it's over her head. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, what? <laughs> why are people going up and down the stairwell so much? You know, I absolutely love how that kind of plays out. And that's a key point. And then also, you know, uh, Brian mentioned it earlier, but like the dogs barking randomly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh? Wait, and then we see Ransom as he comes into the house and the dogs go fucking crazy over him, right? They yep. start barking, they start doing mm-hmm. all this shit, and you're like, oh. So early on, I'm starting to p- put together, like, he was involved in, like, he came back to the house. Like, sure. he did not right, just but leave. It, the, but again, the clever thing is the whole concept of, we know that he died with Marta in the room. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so why why did Ransom come back? And right. so, so that's, your brain that's is all, kind of like, maybe yeah. it doesn't matter that the dogs bark, because we literally know how he died, but we don't. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. another layer. Yep. And I really liked that. Well, you know, it's funny. You were thinking about why uh, LeBlanc was was hired. Once, once the mystery was like, like, revealed once we knew that Marta did what she did and uh you know Trombley killed himself I was like well okay now I don't need to know why he was hired not because it was actually solved but just because like my brain was like well that's a that's a thing I don't have to worry about now right yeah and that becomes a big key component later on where your brain is so wired to do the steps, right? Do the steps. Okay, this person did this. This is why I need to figure this out. And when you're given that mystery reveal, all of a sudden your brain is just like, wait, what the fuck movie am I in right now? You know, you you almost forget how to even proceed forward when you're given that much information, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like rules. that. Yeah, this this movie is really fucking clever. It's it's really clever and it's to the point where like it's not overly clever that it becomes dumb. It's just clever enough to pull it off. There aren't any real holes in the thing. Although I did my biggest gripe is that unless the body was cremated they still have a body to go check a toxicology report at any point. So ransom, like blowing that place up was a little like, I was like, bro, they can still get blood. Well, no, cause he was in the ground and I don't, you know, I I don't mean to brag, but I've been to a lot of funerals this year. And, um, you know, when, (laughs) when a person is, is, Oh, you, you know, I take the fluids out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When they when they process a body, yes, they drain it of all its If he had been poisoned over a long period of time, you could like pluck out the hair or the hair or the fingernails or something, like find deposits sure. in there. Sure. But no, they'd already his fluids. That's a had point. Been, there yeah. you go. Okay. There you go. There you go. Airtight. This is why you need case, me on this podcast. Closed. All right, Matlock. <laughs> Diagnosis murder, please. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. Um What what else? I don't know. Like I 
we're we we're agreeing a lot, so we're not having a lot of our usual arguments, which take up a lot of time. And also, I will say, Michael, back me up on this. We had so many tangents yesterday, and I feel like we have been one hundred percent tangent free this episode. You mean yeah. besides Baby Yoda? Besides Baby Yoda, we got that out of the way quick. Yeah. But like we've been we've been real wrapped up in this in this this story, this, sure. uh, this movie. I don't think it's a spoiler to say either that we actually quite like the movie from yesterday as well. So it's oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, I, mean mm. I think there's a lot to talk about with Knives Out. That yeah, I, I I think that this is a much more insular story to talk about while something like a beautiful day. Yeah, there was you know, so many evocations. In very that movie. different. Yeah. yeah, like talking about our our, our fathers. So yeah. <laughs> Or the the first movie that we saw that we knew we definitely shouldn't have seen. Yes. Yes. Not so yeah. much with this. This this is like you're just you're in this movie like picking it apart, talking about all like the great moments and the interesting little little things that it does. It's so damn good. Like just even I love like the little snippets of Marta's home life. Yeah. Where like her sister's watching like CSI oh, and yes. her mom is like turn that off she's like it's almost done it's like turn it off it's almost done her you know that nice old man that she worked for is dead he's murdered like had his throat cut you don't want her to listen to the csi so she'll get upset it's just like oh thanks mom i guess you know and she comes over and gives her a hug which i thought is a is a nice touch there too yeah yeah that that argument the way it played out where they're like yelling over each other was so like I've definitely had those yelling matches where like you're you're still getting the information of like the show while you're arguing and you're still like, I'm going to argue right over the top of this. And, (laughs) you know, your mom or your parent or whoever you're having that argument is trying to like shout over whatever you're trying to currently do. And you just get so flustered that you're just like, all right, fuck fuck it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you just stop whatever you're doing, even though you could have easily just not and just moved on, you know? Um, sure. Yeah. It's, that's a, that's a great little sequence. Um, yeah. And d- isn't she, is it her, her uh, Marta's mom watching, what, what is she watching in Spanish with subtitles? I, I knew I you were going to ask that. And I can't I, remember what it was, but it was something very like hilarious. And the fact that it was subtitled, I was just like, this is, this is clever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't, I can't remember what yeah. it was. I think it was, I think it was like a murder mystery or something like that. And I it was, just like, yeah. I'm just not I was sure just which like, one. Ah. So yeah. Something to look for when I go back and watch this again. Yeah. This, this one may other... be like a day one purchase for me. I, I like this is such, you know, for it to come on around Thanksgiving is a really, really good timing um, because I can guarantee you the counter programming to this is three and a half hours of Netflix on of the Irishman. And I can imagine a <laughs> lot of families are like two hours, three and a half hours, this kind of you know intense irishman drama there's mm, also that <laughs> there's also that indie called uh, frozen 2 mm, oh yeah that apparently isn't making all that much money but oh, really? it's just like it's yeah like 200 overseas, million <laughs> overseas it made a ton of money okay. 
domestically it did not. I and mean, 130.3 uh, million. Yeah. Judging by the amount of uh, kids that I heard like <laughs> out loud singing, let it go uh, in restaurants and just all sorts of public places when that original film came out. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a huge fucking audience for this thing. Um, I didn't even realize it was out. It fe- like, it doesn't feel like it's really had dumb. the ramp up that you would expect such a big movie. No, sequel absolutely. To have. It doesn't. Well, but let's be very fucking honest and say, besides Brian, there is no reason for any of us have to have been fed ads for that movie. Right. Right. And I don't think I was fed ads at all for this movie. Yeah. So that's, but I that's do a, I do a real good job of not letting the internet as like a, an entity that is watching my every move and feeding me ads know that I have a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good. Um, um, but I will say that 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 definitely feels like a Christmas movie, and I don't know why it's out in Thanksgiving. That I feel like the, that movie should come out in at least a couple of weeks. Maybe it doesn't need to like run right over last uh last Jedi. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, but like definitely needs to be in December, I think. So it's weird that it came out this weekend. They're scared of cats, Bill. Oh, Jesus. We're all scared. I'm of scared cats. of cats. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a fucking nightmare. I am. Um, the, the last I, thing I wanted to mention is this is oddly PG 13, too. So, yeah, um, yep. I said, yeah, uh, so families can see this. Uh, like, it was kind of weird. <laughs> seeing people with their kids and then i'm like oh it's just pg-13 are pg-13 movies still exist these days it's it's very strange from like mass-produced uh horror movies you know and and marvel yeah yep well and even marvel i'm often very surprised that like marvels are pg-13 like they really strike me as like pg movies you know Mm. Mm. I was thinking the opposite direction, but okay. I thought they should be R. Like what the, what happens in any of them? Uh, there's, there's an entire uh, country that is levitated and dropped. And it doesn't like, mean anything though. Like, you know, like I, like I see a movie where like, I don't know, one person shouts at another person until they cry. And I'm like, Ooh, automatic PG 13. This is real rough. And then it's like, Oh no, it's PG. Like I see a giant country floating into the air and falling. That is nothing that anyone ever has to worry about. G like who gives a shit you know <laughs> frozen frozen you know involves like this girl like turning this whole friggin' wasteland into an arctic nightmare you know mm-hmm. and that that can't happen so you can make that movie pg or g or whatever the hell it is mm-hmm. because it's like fantastical like there's no stakes to it there's no humanity you know it doesn't matter nothing matters <laughs> Why are we talking about this again? I don't remember. Uh, just because we were talking about the fact that Knives Out is PG-13, which I did not know. I didn't even really look at what the the uh, the thing, Bob, the rating for this was. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. I think it's just weird because I see a movie that's primarily adults doing like adult things and talking about adult stuff. And I'm like, well, this must be rated R, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> they cut away from the murder scene just in time. Um, they do a couple of other quick, clever things to get away with that. Um, you know, Chris, uh, Chris, what can I think of his fucking name? Evans? Uh, Chris Evans, uh, tells everybody to eat shit, um, instead of, you know, telling them to fuck off. Uh, so I that's, think it's, you know, I, 
I kind of love the fact that he tells them to eat shit. That's oh, such yeah, like no, a no, that's no, such that's, a that's horror. Great. That's such a stupid thing to tell people. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I think it's uh, Michael Shannon's character as that scene is like pulling back. You can hear him go. I will absolutely not eat one iota of shit. And you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Michael Shannon doesn't get enough. Yeah. Doesn't get enough in this, uh, enough credit. He's, he's a real shit bag in this film. Everybody's a shit bag in this film. (laughs) Yeah. That family's terrible. It is a terrible (laughs) family. Yes. Okay. I'm now, I'm now thinking about okay. shitbag, and I hate that I'm thinking about that now. I apologize. Yeah, it's your, it's your <laughs> fault. Okay. Anyways, let's wrap up. Let's, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was gonna say easy, I um I want to do another stealth. shout out to just the score. Um, I assume oh. without having looked at it that is Nathan that Johnson's Johnson does brother? this again. Oh, yeah, yep. it is. I think it's his cousin. Is it his cousin? Okay. I don't know because I'm sure if I click on it, it won't say, "Hey, this guy is, uh, you know, the cousin of another guy you might know." <laughs> that would just that would be the most self-effacing IMDb thing ever. <laughs> just if the first line of his thing was like the cousin of the better-known Ryan Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, you know we 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 often talk on this podcast about like oh original movies not getting made anymore you know movies that are non Marvel this is this is one of them it happened it, it you know Ford v Ferrari the other week was also another one of them we just saw a beautiful day in the neighborhood so for as much doom and gloom as we throw out about the state of the movie industry I think the fact that like over the last couple podcasts we've talked about movies that we usually don't get a chance to talk about yeah you know, they're still getting made they're still out there sure yeah. Um, and you know, luckily not like the Irishman, which is like limited release and then Netflix knives out wide release Ford yeah. Ferrari wide release, beautiful day in the neighborhood wide release. Yeah. So they're out there. People don't just bitch about it. Do something about it. Go out, take your family, <laughs> see some of these goddamn movies that are out. Yes. You're going to, you're going to like it. You're going to enjoy it. Um, I, I, again, will say I would, I think I would watch another Benoit Blanc mystery, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I I hope that it would still find a way to subvert it because I think that's so much of what the joy of this movie was for Absolutely. me. So And I love again, I just want to like I love the fact that he seems at first like kind of a like he doesn't know what's going on because you're like, sure. well, he's not even looking at Marta, like this is crazy. He can't be that good. And then you realize he's known all along. He saw the blood on her shoe the moment he met her. He's just been smart about the way that he's deployed his knowledge and his knowledge of her and what she is capable of. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, everything in this movie. This movie uh, pays out like a slot machine. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Um, That's it for today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget that you can become patrons of this here podcast by going to patreon.com slash the film stage show. Go there. Give us our, give us, give us, give us our money. That's even more aggressive than give us your money. (laughs) The money was already ours. You just didn't know it yet. Um, we probably deserve it, right? I think we do. I mean, this this is work, man. Yeah. Especially now that I have like three jobs. If you count being a father as one of my jobs. 
Um, sure, Brian. Jeez, I don't know. Just make us feel bad. Well, it, it, it never. Here's what I'll say. It never feels like a, a job being a father unless your child wants you to read a Dr. Seuss book before bed. Then it becomes well, what, a goddamn job. What? Why do you hate Dr. Seuss? Just because he's it's so hard. He writes so much. And it's all the crazy words. It's very difficult to read by sight if you haven't, like, out loud. It's upside down. Also, I love my daughter. She's an incredibly curious child. And so she will point at a thing on the page and go, what's that? And you know what? In a Dr. Seuss book, who the fuck knows sometimes? <laughs> I don't know. I guess wow, it's a wow. snargle glad. Uh pff. Could be a scuvalump, you know. Who who fucking knows, man? Then <laughs> I feel bad because I'm lying to her. Wow. So that's why being a father only becomes a job when you have to read Dr. Seuss at bedtime. Hot takes about Dr. Seuss, man. Dr. Ooh. Seuss is a children's writer for adults who want to seem like they are still connected to their past, you know. A real Mister Rogers, motherfucker, then. <laughs> Oh God! I would love a, a beautiful Mr. Rogers, <laughs> a, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, but like about Doctor Seuss, <laughs> a fantabulous day in the Slavovlud. <laughs> I, I want one about Roland Dahl because he had a real charmed life. Shel Silverstein, that'd be a good one. That's what I should do. I need to buy my daughter a Shel Silverstein book and just read her funny poems. Anyway. Uh, what are we talking about? Movie, the online streaming cinema. Check it out. It's out there. It's awesome. They've got some great stuff on there. Like we said, uh, there is a mystery film on there. So that syncs up. It's called Have Mercy on Us All. Time of the Wolf, still up there. So you have time to check out my possibly favorite Michael Hanukkah film. We've also got Deep Water. Again, Dark Waters, Deep Water. I'm still trying to make that a thing. Honey Giver Among the Dogs, and don't forget that Nocturama, a favorite of this podcast, is also still on movie. All those and more, you can get a free 30-day trial by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. Our next episode will be on The Irishman. Oh, boy. Oh, no, Brian. What? <sighs> I, oh, no, is, Brian. is this what we can expect? Have, what are you talking about? Your I, accent. Oh, did yes, I do an accent? Your accent. I didn't even realize no, I did an accent. You knew. Wow. What? <laughs> Wait, let's get out of here. I, oh, Faith I, and Begora, fellas. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Fucking Irishman. I heard you paint houses. Let's get out of here. Let's, let's it's even it. worse because uh, that guy, you know, again, I get to like laud my uh, New York mob knowledge and proximity. It's going to be great. great. It's going to be awesome. awesome. Uh, it's Martin yes. Scorsese. So, you know, it's cinema. We will be talking about it. And uh, uh, yeah, until <laughs> then, let's uh, till then. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about it. let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time. Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me trying to find T-shirts with Baby Yoda on them on Twitter at CableBFG. You can Can't also find me. <laughs> I read like two. Can... Well, actually, I read two different articles. One of them said, this is why there won't be any Baby Yoda stuff for the holidays. And the other said, Disney, like furiously trying to pump out Baby Yoda stuff for the holidays. So I don't know who to believe anymore. Well, so 
critically, like Favreau and company didn't want Baby Yoda to become a thing before the Mandalorian released. Yeah, because they wanted it. Yeah. And so now that Baby Yoda is full on a fucking thing, they're like, yeah, no, we we were planning to get, and it's like, yeah, y'all should have had that like week one of launch. <laughs> like y'all should have had just that shit ready to go. But it, you know, look in this day and age, people take photos of fucking action figures and extrapolate out like, oh, did you see his hand? Like his hand is missing a finger, and so that means he's gonna be in a battle and like all of this other shit. So. It's a, uh, it's fucking crazy. That sounds exhausting. I hate the fucking internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's full on, okay, and wait. you know. But that also sometimes leads to hilarious stuff, like when everyone was like talking about Constable Zuvio. Mm-hmm. Remember what? from like the uh, the Force Awakens, they're like it was the first guy who got a, a like anything. I think he was like in a coloring book, and they saw this um, they saw sure. this thing that he was in. And they're like, Constable Zuvio, he's a big part of the new movie. And then it comes out and like, there is no Constable Zuvio because he got cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. I always love it when that happens. Yes. Are, are we talking about Dr. Seuss again? Yes. Constable Zuvio sounds like a Dr. Seuss character. <laughs> Constable Zuvio zooms on the Zuvaphone. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. You did this, Michael. You did this. Yeah. We're getting right, our tangents in now. Uh, so, yes, um, that is where you can find Bill Graham. Let's talk about Michael Snydell. Where can people find you on the Internet? They can find me on the Internet on uh, Twitter at, at Snydell, Letterboxd, uh, and I write things occasionally, like uh, by the time this will be up, the Queen and Slim review will be up. Um I think I am very curious how that does at the box office because it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting movie. Interesting. <laughs> All right. All right. Brian, now where can it's they my turn. I'm just, I was trying to think if I was going to be able to go out and see Queen and Slim and I just don't believe that I'm going to have the time for it, which is sad, but I will be seeing 1917 tomorrow. So suck it losers. Um, speaking of me seeing 1917 tomorrow, my review of that movie will be up on thefilmstage.com where you can find many of my other written reviews. And of course, every episode of this here podcast, you can follow me on all the social media at Brian J. Rowan. And that is that. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time.